Hello, this is Ruslan Malinovsky. Hello, this is Roman Yeremchuk. And you're listening to Ukraine Plus Football. He's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading, football's heading east. He's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading, football's heading east. He's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading, football's heading east. He's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading. Hello, welcome to Ukraine Plus Football, the home of the number one English language podcast on Ukrainian football. I'm your host, Adam from Ukrafot24, and I'm joined today by my excellent co-host, the number one source of Ukrainian football in English, Mr. Zoria Londonsk. Andrew. Hey, Andrew. How you doing today, mate? Hope you've been keeping up with all these media appearances. Yeah. I mean, BBC, Sky, ITV, amongst others. Thanks, everyone, for the kind words on social media. Really appreciate it and keep keeping me going just about. Need a bit of a PA, a temporary one I, over the past couple of days, but hey-ho. And yeah, looking forward to this huge clash. It couldn't have dropped nicer for, for this podcast, could it? It certainly couldn't. It certainly couldn't. Now, also, as always, I've got the English-speaking voice of Ukrainian football, Ray. Hey, Ray. How are you, man? I'm Ray. How long did it take you to recover after the Swedish victory? Still haven't recovered, to be honest, Adam. Hello again. Great to be here. And uh, yeah, a bit perplexed about the upcoming fixture. When You know, it's uh, the time has come when tactics and XG and all the statistics just don't matter anymore after this Dovbik goal, you know. <laughs> it's going to be a tough one, but let's keep on going. Certainly is, certainly is. Now, we're going to be joined later in the show by two really prominent guests, former England captain Terry Butcher and one of the most prominent characters in the English football media over the last two decades, Mr Adrian Charles. But before we invite them on, we're going to turn to Andrew quickly because he's been busy up in hand and been everywhere. Andrew, how's it been over the last few days, weeks? <laughs> oh, well, Tuesday's result was, you know, pure euphoria seeing that in the flesh wasn't with the fans obviously it was in the media center with good old friend of the pod Roman Bebek we had some good celebrations and yeah everyone felt a bit sort of emotionally drained and spent after that despite the fact that obviously we were all on on a high as well just hope that it doesn't have too much of a negative impact on Ukraine's performance against England yeah, definitely so and we're really honored and privileged today to be joined by Terry Butcher now, Terry is well, yeah, a historic player. I've got great memories of his performance in Poland back in the, the late 80s, early 90s. Can't quite remember the year, but that bloodstained shirt stayed with me forever when I was growing up. Capped 77 times by England over his career, appeared in numerous World Cups. Terry, it's a real privilege for you to join us today. We're really thankful for you taking your time out. What's been your take on the England performances so far during the group? Well, it's been more steady Eddie than than flashy. There's no doubt about that. It's um, it's not you know people were talking about why can't England play champagne football? But they've played like a pie and a pint football so far. Where they've been really <laughs> strong. They've had a they've had a great defence. I mean, they've only conceded once in the last twelve games, and there've been six games on the bounce without conceding. Mm. Although they should have lost a couple of goals against Germany. There's no doubt about that. But and they had a bit of luck as well. So it's very similar to, to 2018 when they got to the semi-finals of the World Cup, where they haven't really got into their stride yet. 
Um, they've sort of ground out results and, and um, it hasn't been, you can't say it's been enjoyable all the time watching England. They've scored some wonderful goals, not many, but they've scored some wonderful goals. I think Ukraine have scored more goals than England, but it's been, it's been quite, it's been quite a, um, a tense sort of um, uh, European championships, but in the end, you know, they've, they've got there and done the job and it's just been unbelievable. It's the whole country is getting caught up in a, in the 2018 euphoria, the 96, 1990 euphoria, where we haven't had many, many euphoric spells as, a, as an England fan and England people. So it's lovely. Just, just make the most of it. That's great. Um, so if we're going to move on to maybe the mood back home, I've been in London for a few days um, after coming back from Bucharest and I was in Glasgow a few days before that. What's, what's the general emphasis? Do people think uh, that England can go on to win this tournament? Obviously, because of the favourable draw, as we've seen in the media. What, what's the general outlook after that Germany match? Because obviously, as you've said, there's general euphoria. There's, lots of, there's just lots of celebrations and people are getting ready for the big event on Saturday and really excited for it. It's going to be sort of a, a big night out. Well, it's been euphoric, I would say. Just absolutely wild, mental. When you when the reaction from the fans, I've never really, I don't really get to see much of that as a as a. Uh, I've been, oh, I've been in the media, covered European Championships, World Cups in the media, because you're always away. You're never, you're never back in the UK, and you you never know what the fans are going to do. And, and as a player, you had no chance. In in those days, there was no internet, so you couldn't see what the people were doing. But I I see it now firsthand, and it's brilliant. It's, I, I can't, I, it's for a footballer, for, for a person to have that power in their hands to make people just go bananas and, and forget about all social distancing and, and all this kind of thing. And, and you know, their behaviour just becomes, you know, just like back to being about five or six years old on Christmas Day. It's like that. And we haven't <laughs> even got to the semi-final or final yet. But I think I think the, the people think that, yeah, they, they definitely believe Um not believing as much as, you know, a win over Ukraine would make them believe a lot more. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, you look at the, at the um, Czech Republic and Denmark in the semi-final, if England do get through. And then, you know, you're saying, well, possibly Belgium or Spain in the final, you know, and you're looking. I think England fans just be, they'll just be delirious if England got through to the, to the final. I think that is, that's uh, our target is to get to the final and then the final would take care of itself because we never... We've never been to the finals of the Euros. We've never been uh, in a final since 1966. So, yeah, and it, I, it gives you a tingle. I'm talking about it now. I've got a tingle. I've got the, the hairs in the back of my neck are standing up. It's just really? lovely to talk about it. It's just a wonderful feeling for any England supporter, no matter how old they are. That's great. I've got to ask you, though, Terry, what's your take on all these guys chucking their beer around in the air? Would you, <laughs> would you do that or would you be busier drinking it? Beer costs a lot in England now, and I'm not. I wouldn't chuck my beer about for it. <laughs> I'm telling you now, but it's funny. It's so funny when you watch some of the seeds because the the ladies go, but women go to the games as well, and they're all dressed up in England shirts, something else like that. And then when England score, you can see the ladies go up and they're celebrating, and the next thing you see is like, oh my god, my hair, my hair, my hair, <laughs> just covered in beer. But the boys don't mind. I mean, I, yeah, I I just think it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, I've been in countries before and you know with Europeans and World Cups and, and it's it when you see a team you know when you see your country and you see other people's countries go bananas you think oh, I'd love our fans to be able to do that and now they are and I think it's just it's just incredible and what it has particularly after COVID and all the all the restrictions 
It's given people, uh, you know, a, a really positive outlook on the future with the vaccines coming in and everything else. You know, there's it, yeah, hopefully it's going a long way back to normal. Uh, and I know there might be COVID cases from from the Euros and all this kind of thing, but it's given people something to cling on to. It's, it's united the nation and it's done everything that, you know, people want it to do. Great to hear. It really is as well. Just changing, changing tack slightly. Uh, obviously, Mourinho's come out today saying England don't need Declan Rice and Phillips to, to beat Ukraine. Uh, what what team would you like to see go out on Saturday um, to take on Ukraine? What, well, I'd like you... England. I'd like England to change to a back four. I don't think they need to play a, a three. Um, they played a three just to match up with Germany. I feel. I felt. But I think the four, you know, was good in the first in the first um, few games. So uh, I, I, I think I still think Gareth Gareth likes to play with two sitting midfield players or two players that will form a defensive wall in front, but also one of those can get forward. And Phillips does that very well. So with Declan Rice, but both of them are on are on bookings, and you sort of think, well, you know, if they if they were to get a booking, then they would and England progress and they miss the semi final. You know, you've, and you've got Jordan Henderson there. If anything, I would possibly say there might be a change. It might be Phillips off and Jordan Jordan Henderson in that midfield, but he'll definitely play two. I feel, but you know, all depends. You know, he'll rest. He'll rest one, not rest one, but it'll it'll be a more of a precaution. Which as a, as you know, like you think about Phillips and you think about Rice. If you're left out of a team going into a quarter final of the European Championship, you don't want to be left out, whether you got a booking or not. I always got a booking in the first game of of a, of a tournament, and that, and then I had to be on. I was on a knife edge all the way through, but I was still played. Bobby Robson played me. It's just simple fact, well, you know, you've, you've got to get there first and then see what happens. You know, you look at Roy Keane for Manchester United, 1999 or whatever it was in the in the Champions League, you know, and he, he missed the game, but he made sure that Manchester United got through to the final. And I think that he might just change, he might think about changing, um, uh, well, Foden, if, if Foden coming in, Foden's on a booking as well. So I don't think he'll be, he'll start. He might just want to rest uh, Saka. And then you're looking at possible Grealish, but... I don't think he'll, Gareth will not be one to look at the team and say, "I've got to, you know, I want to rest players for the semi-final." He's not that naive and he's not that stupid, and he's he's got a lot of respect for Ukraine for their team. And I think that he he'll he'll pick a team that he feels is going to win the game. But the thing about England and the thing about whoever's going to play, and I think it's a really good squad, lots of competition, is that when Eddie Jones, the England rugby union coach, he always says when he puts substitutes on, they're not substitutes, they're finishers. And he puts finishes on. And if you look at Grealish, when Jack Grealish came on against against Germany, you know he he was he played a part in two of the goals. One, the important part, the cross for the second. And he came on and helped England to finish the job. And I think it's a great parallel to have. And I think that you know you've got such an abundance of talent that you know for the Ukraine defenders, you're thinking, oh well, you know Foden, you know like whoever it is, uh, Sterling will go off, and then Foden can come on, or Sancho, or Grealish. I know you've got an unbelievable strike force and even Saka can play further forward as well. It's just, it's for the first time for, I think probably ever England's squad is such a deep one, but then there are 26 players. So it's, you know, that's, that's the way COVID has, has shaped these tournaments. Really has. Now, Terry, one final thing from us. Where are you going to be watching the game on Saturday? And uh, how do you think it, you know, give us a prediction. Well, I'll be at my son's house. Um, I'll be um, watching the game with him and a few others. Uh, it's it's just a just a lovely feeling. I think 
I haven't got my England shirt. I left it at home um, because I haven't worn it for the other games. So I don't, I'm not going to wear it for this one. But it, it's funny. I'm, I'm down in Southampton. And it's funny that when England played in 2018, uh, when they played Sweden in the quarterfinals of the World Cup, I was in Southampton as well because I was, on a, I was going on a cruise that very day. So we ended up watching the, watching the, the, the quarterfinal of the World Cup of 2018 on deck with the big screen up on the uh, with the funnel is and we watched then we watched the game and and we won two nil against Sweden so um um maybe it's a lucky omen I'm, I'm in Southampton so I'll be quite happy with that and I'll be happy with the same scoreline as against Sweden with two nil I think England could win this two nil but it's not going to be easy you know every game against Ukraine is always tough they're well organised they've got goals in the team they've got in particular uh, Yarmolenko um, Yaremchuk and Zin, uh, Zinchenko isn't it the left back. He's from, from Manchester City. He's amazing. He is amazing. And you know, where he's come from and how he's got to where he is is just incredible. So they've got characters in the team. They're a well-knit, well-knit team, you know, with a, led by a very, very experienced manager as well. So, yeah, it's, it's not going to be easy, but I, I just, I, we, everybody hopes here. Everybody's, you know, everybody wants and desperately wants them to go through. And, you know, once again, we don't care if it's, if it's not pretty as long as England get there. Oh, oh thank you, Terry. We've, we've really appreciated your insight today. It's, it's, it's been great fun. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, we wish you, well, I, 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 don't, I don't want to wish you the best of luck for the rest of the tournament, but I hope you enjoy yourself on Saturday with your, with your friends. Yeah, well, I won't be throwing my beer up in the air, put it that way. <laughs> and now we're also really honoured today to have Adrian Charles with us Uh now, for those of you who are not from the UK or maybe lived on another planet over the last 20 years, Adrian was lead anchor, been heavily involved, one of the top four prominent characters within the English football media for the BBC, for ITV, presently on Radio 5 as well, writes for, for a number of newspapers. Now, Adrian, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Not, not at all, mate, not at all. Adrian, how, how have you been enjoying the tournament so far? Uh well, I've loved it. I'm, I'm, I was truly blessed for every World Cup in the Euros from 2006 till 2014. Um, I was blessed to be there. And then all of a sudden, ITV got rid of him and I wasn't there. And I was kind of dreading the tournaments, but I really loved watching them at home. I forgot what a pleasure that was. I mean, it's great to be there, but I, I just love being at home watching them as well. I mean, I ended up going to the latter stages of the World Cup in Moscow. Mm-hmm. Um, to cover England in the semi-finals, and that was fantastic. But I've really enjoyed. I've just really enjoyed watching this one. I think it's great. My mum's Croatian. I've got two teams to support, uh, which means two lots of disappointment usually. But um, uh, so anyway, I've, I've just about got over Spain beating Croatia, and now I've got to worry about England. But it's just a great joy to just. I just love it. Uh, brilliant, brilliant. Now. We saw we saw in the media today Jose Mourinho basically saying that Southgate could rest a number of the players uh, and still beat Ukraine. Do you think is there a general feeling in England that the game's a bit of a, a foregone con- conclusion? Well, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I've got a slight theory about the people going around saying we're fine, we're going to beat things. I just think they're, I think they're the kind of not proper football fans who go week in, week out. Because I think if you do, you generally are disinclined to count chickens like that. I think it might be slightly the kind of fans who just support England and think things are that straightforward. You know, it's cup football. The whole point is it's different to tournament. It's different to league football. And if these 
if these 24 teams in this tournament played each other in a league, home and away, then, you know, Ukraine probably wouldn't be in the top half. And England would probably be in the finishing the top four of that league. But it's just not like that. I mean, to use an old FA Cup cliche, you know, the form book goes out the winter. And that's the very reason, ironically, we love tournament football because it's so unpredictable. Yet at the same time, we then suddenly think, well, we're better than Ukraine, therefore we will win. You know, it's just it's just naive thinking. I think most people will be most people will be slightly more cautious than saying, Oh, we're definitely gonna win. Quite, quite rightly said too as well. I know, Ray, just going to bring you in here for a second, mate, as well. I know you're more curious about the Ukrainian understanding, if I'm right. Certainly, Adam. I would like to ask Adrian uh, about the um, knowledge of our Ukraine national team in England, the uh, general uh, expectation and uh, the understanding of what uh, opponent uh, England is going to face. Is it all about uh, Zinchenko and Yarmolenko, or is it uh, a bit more than that? And what's the general mood about the team as well? I mean, I think football generally, even during qualifying, you've got more kind of knowledgeable fans, maybe, who take a bigger interest. Now, we had 20 million people watching the England-Germany game, and they're not all football experts, and that's absolutely fine. You know, that's good. It's great. Everybody's getting involved. It's great. Everybody's experiencing the pain that those of us who support incompetent club teams um, experience week in, week out. But I think the point is, as far as most people are concerned, Ukraine is a, you know, a far-off country of which we know little and even less about their football. You know, they'd know, they'd, they'd know the odd Ukrainian player playing over here. They you know, probably know of Shevchenko and wouldn't have any other great, wouldn't have any other great knowledge of it. They probably say something about some cliche about, you know, typical sort of East Europeans, technically very good, but, you know, might not have the strength in depth <laughs> and just sort of leave it like that. So I don't think, you know, I, I, I no. Look, nobody's going to choose Ukrainian football as their mastermind subject here, you know, their specialist subject. Uh, I just think, you know, they'd know a little bit about the history, know there's a, a bit of a war on and kind of th- that will be that. It won't go, it won't go beyond that. Yeah, so Adrian, I mean... During your work with Five Live, with England, etc., what are your memories of playing Ukraine in the past? I just, I, I, I mean, as I say, because I'm, I'm sort of half from Croatia. I'm very comfortable in Eastern Europe. You know, I like the food. I like the people. It was 2013 when I came to Kiev to cover the England game, there, the World Cup qualifier, and. It always sticks in my mind. I've got a friend at ITV and we always used to go out for a walk, walk around the town, try and get to know it. And we always used to walk to a, a train station because we just loved being in train stations and seeing who was going where. And I, I, I just remember going to the station in Kiev and this train pulled in and it was on its way from Chisinau, is it, Moldova, on its way to Minsk. And I thought, blimey. We're a long way from home here, you know, between those two. <laughs> I also remember, I remember talking to a young lad. Uh, we got talking to a young lad somewhere in the middle of a town with, uh, it was obviously going to the game with a big Ukrainian um, flag. And we asked him, so who will you be? You know, will all of Ukraine be supporting Ukraine? You know, I was thinking of those people out east. And he said, no, some people won't support us because they're Russian. And he said, no problem. 
And I just think, and, and his words sort of echoed back to me as all the trouble started in the, in the mm. subsequent years of what was happening there. But the other thing I remember, uh, as I've written in The Sun, actually, is that I was interviewing Roy Keane before the game, pitch side. And I was looking over his shoulder and amongst the Ukrainian fans, and sort of sitting down. But then suddenly looking over the looking over Roy's shoulder, this in this fight started with some huge bloke getting absolutely pummeled by another two or three blokes. It was absolutely horrifying. I was just staring at it. And then I mean he was really beaten up. And then all of a sudden it stopped. And the bloke just picked his jacket up, sat back down, and waited for the match to start like nothing had happened. And I thought, blimey, he's a tough species they are. I thought it was close to death. And just, but nobody around him, nobody around him seems to be calling the police. But there's, you know, it was like it hadn't happened. No one even offered him a crisp or something. Now, we wish you, uh, wish you the best for the, for the tournament, Adrian. Of course, we're not going to wish you the best of luck for, for tomorrow night. Okay, uh, <laughs> but I mean, we re really do appreciate you joining us today. Not at all, anytime. I look forward to meeting you sometime when I'm over there. Definitely, we'll we'll show you the highlights of Ukrainian football and uh, have a, have all, right. a all right. Cheers, fellas. Thank you. Now, Ray, in your opinion, how do you think Ukraine should set up to take on this England team we've heard so much about in the game tomorrow night? To be fair, I watched both games on Tuesday and uh, we were a better display than England team back then. Uh, it only took uh, 10 minutes in the 10 deciding minutes in the second half for England to uh, get the game uh, in their hands and just uh, solve it and decide right away with uh, Grealish coming on. So I would say that he is the, um, the key figure in this uh, squad of uh, England. Uh, quite a controversial figure, to be fair. Um, I cannot say that there's too much to expect from uh, attacking side of England that uh, they scored only two goals in group stage and uh, Harry Kane has been on his draft, so to speak. Uh, but uh, uh, he, we know that Southgate uses two defensive midfielders all the time and that uh, shows us a bit of a um, resemblance of what Ukraine played with Sweden. Uh, like seven defenders, seven defending players in the back. Um, speaking speaking of that, I would uh, reckon that uh, it would go um, evenly matched, uh, like pretty much like Ukraine played England before. Not much extravaganza in from both from any of the teams. So we might uh, as well keep our. Uh, Greece Portugal style of tactics and to drop back every chance we get and just use those uh, long balls and we might uh, get something out of it. We know that long balls are English uh, side of our England English game historically, so that would be uh, nice to see. I, I just don't see Ukraine playing their uh, own philosophy uh, of football when we talk about uh, possession and uh, passing game. I don't think. This is going to happen in England game. So, uh, yeah, I don't think any of the, neither of the team would risk that much. So I would like to see more uh, entertaining uh, game than Sweden was until the extra time, obviously. Uh, but, uh, yeah, hard to call anything. I would say a draw and uh, extra time 
<laughs> maybe we nick a goal then, maybe we concede. But uh, I cannot be too optimistic, neither. So, yeah, tough one. Um, hand on heart time. Give, give us a result, a prediction. What do you think? 1-1 one, one, uh, and penalties. <laughs> Winner on penalties? England. Oh, OK. Andrew, your turn, mate. Yeah, I won't go in as depth as Ray, um, but I'll give the exact same prediction. One all, but Ukraine to win on penalties. Bushjan's been in fine form, and as I've said on some of my other media appearances, I've just got his hunch it's going to be a, a long, drawn-out game. I agree completely. I agree completely, as I've said as well on numerous places. England, England have a history of bottling it in penalties, and hopefully this will be another chapter in, in, in that book. On but that's why they, they, they deserve to win in one penalty, one you know, at once, because uh, uh, we had our luck with Switzerland. It's our best result so far, so I guess sometimes the luck, the luck runs out. It did, it did. 2018. 2018, that was England's penalty shootout victory. Exactly right. So now it's time for history and tradition to revert. <laughs> but that's it for today, everyone. I mean, big big thank you to our guests earlier. It was great to have Terry and Adrian join us. Uh, they provided some great insight into the show. Uh, Ray, pleasure as always to have you with us, mate. Uh, for new listeners, what are your social medias? Thanks, Adam. It's been a pleasure. Great episode that was. Uh, looking forward to the game. And my social media is Instagram Ravik. Ah, thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. Andrew, I mean, you've been on the whistle stop tour, what seems like for years now. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, for, for new listeners, where, where can they find you on the social medias? Yep. Thanks for having me once again. Don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, right, one more. Yeah, what a great episode that was. Really great guests, as as per usual. And I'm looking forward to Saturday's game. You know, oh, it's going to be a nerve wracking 90, 120, whatever minutes. But hopefully, a positive and historic result next time we speak. Yeah, anyone can follow me on Zori Londonsk on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, check check me out. I'll be having some live coverage from the match in Rome. Yeah, thank you so much for that. We're, I think we're all enjoying it. So thanks for all your hard work. Uh, what's it say? It's been three, four weeks of non-stop work for you this tournament so far. And of course, I'm Adam at Ukrafoot24. You can follow me across all the social medias as well. But till next time, we're hoping we're talking to you in front of a semi-final appearance at Wembley. Uh, but take care and stay safe till then. Goodbye for now.